I'm Drew Miller, and you're listening to The Second Muse, How Songs Become Songs, brought to you by the Rabbit Room Podcast Network. Today, I am joined by Andrew Osenga. Over his 20-year career in the music industry, Andrew has occupied many roles, including artist, producer, session player, and A&R representative. In this episode, we talk about how his roles as artist and producer have combined to give us his latest gift of an album, The Painted Desert. This album arose from a period of personal hardship and transition for Osenga. He has said that its writing and recording was a journey through grief, discouragement, friendship, and healing. The result is an album shot through with light, even as its narrative deals directly with darkness. In this episode, we focus specifically on his song, Mercy. There were a lot of things in my life that always kind of worked. And then one day, they stopped working. The best way to describe the feeling is just like, like you walk into a room that you've known for a long time and you flip on the lights and they always come on. And then one day, like they didn't come on and you're like, oh, that sucks. And then the next day, like they didn't come on. You're like, oh, this is... After a while, you, you start, you know, frantically up and down. And then after, and then eventually you get to the point where you're like, well, I guess it doesn't work anymore. And um, so it kind of started at a career level mm-hmm. um, where I had a job that I loved or thought I loved um, that, that ended, um, and I wasn't expecting it. And for a guy who's always had like five jobs since he was 12, it was just crazy. Sounds jarring. It was. And, you know, for about a, for like a couple days, I mean, the first couple days are just shocking and hard. And the next couple days, you're like, well, something will show up. So I'm just going to like chill. And you can do that for about a day when you're a Midwest kid like me. And then you're just trying to find, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And, um, after a while, it became clear, like, this is not about me finding something. This is about the Lord taking me somewhere. And uh, it was about that point that I felt like I was supposed to start writing songs, which felt stupid because I needed money. And writing songs is not like no one's paying me for my feelings, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but about that time, I started writing songs again and started my podcast and really started telling stories. As soon as that started, I I realized like, oh yeah, I forgot. This is how I pray. This is how I process what's going on in my life. And when I'm not doing this, like I'm disconnected from sort of my, the narrative of my own life. And I realized, oh, I've kind of lost the plot of my life the last couple of years. And so the writing of these songs was not fun. And the season that they came out of was not fun. Uh, The recording of the songs was great fun because I kind of felt like I was tucking those things into bed a little bit and move able to move on from them. So it's like closure. I feel like some people might hear this record and be like, this is really sad. I'm like, well, yeah, it, it's really happy for me. Like to me, it's, I hear a lot of joy in it, but it's because there can only be real joy when there's real, some real sadness, you know, at least in this life and in the life that we live now, because if you don't, uh, if you're not aware of that sadness, you don't address that sadness, you don't walk through it, then the joy is pretty skin deep. That's where the, the title came from, was being in a desert, 
It's not a good place to be. You're very thirsty. You're very tired. You would like to get out of this desert now. Um, but you look back and you realize that it was really beautiful. And some really mm -hmm. beautiful things happened. And uh, it's hard to see mostly in the moment. It's awesome. I mean, it reminds me, the impeded stream is the one that sings. Yeah. I mean, that's just so true. You have to get to being baffled and like exasperated and that is where the singing comes from. Yeah. And, and once you got there and once you're recording these songs, that was happy. Like, mm -hmm. That's a good thing. That's enjoyable Yeah, to get to the singing, but you have to be impeded. You have to be blocked. You know, you have to hmm. experience some kind of obstruction first. Well, I realized too, a lot of the songs that I've written over my career, like when I hear them, maybe the loudest thing I hear is uh, me trying to convince the listener of the person that I wish I was. Like, I want you mm. to think that I am this person that I am really not. Mm. And whether I'm too, I'm cool or I'm thoughtful or I'm this or whatever, like I'm a great guitar player. But like, I really want you to know this about me. I really want you to believe the thing that I wish I believed about myself. Mm. And I think with this record, that just wasn't a part of it. Um, the only, my only real goal for it was like I just wanted it to be beautiful because I felt like I'd never made a record that was beautiful before I was trying so hard to do something else and to prove something that I never just like made something that was pretty and I wanted it to be pretty and I, I was kind of like if people just put this on as background music like oh, that'd be really really fun that was kind of the goal just like is it pretty how can this be pretty it is pretty <laughs> thanks I hope so <laughs> especially this song too you know the um all the the atmosphere of it i mean we've talked about this before too the carrie and lowell influence yeah 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 um uh voyager right oh, is man. that the record voyager with kathleen edwards kathleen that edwards. record yeah slays me yeah i mean those are such good sort of reference albums of albums that do that and like are very pretty but yeah i mean carrie and lowell is about death and yeah but it's gorgeous heartache but it, i mean that's an impeded stream singing right there um so the songwriting process for the painted desert, you just characterized it as not fun, <laughs> like hard. Yeah. Difficult. Oh, uh, beset by anxiety. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I will say that this is the one song that was not written in that same batch. Most of the songs in the record were written in a very short time, but then this one was, uh, right before new year's day on, uh, so it was 2016 Christmas break. And Russ Ramsey, one of my dear friends, was uh, preaching at Christ Pres on New Year's morning, mm. uh, 2017. And I think Jeremy Casella was going to play guitar at church that morning at Christ Pres, and he got sick. And so they called me and said, hey, would you be able to play guitar? I don't go to Christ Pres, but I kind of hang out there sometimes. And I was like, yeah, sure, it'd be fun. And then they said, "And would you want to sing a song before Russ preaches? I'm like, oh, that'd be fun. So I texted Russ, like, hey, what are you preaching about? And he said, mercy. And so I tried to think what um, songs of mine are about mercy, and I'll sing one. And I realized that I didn't have any. Um, I have a song called Space Pirates, but I don't have a song about mercy. And <laughs> Why so, aren't you preaching on Space Pirates? <laughs> I know, right? Because I could kill this. <laughs> right? um, oh, and so I was in my in-law's guest room, or a little bonus room above the garage in North Carolina, uh, frantically trying to write a song to sing that Sunday morning at church. And so I was trying to think of this big dramatic thing. Sure. And then it just kind of hit me like, 
Russ is a dear friend of mine and uh, we've hurt each other and we've annoyed each other and um, and we've had to say, hey man, that, that hurt my feelings or apologize. And, and um, because of that, we're better friends. And um, my wife and I have been, we've been married almost 16 years, you know, and so we've, uh, we've really hurt each other and let each other down and um, we've had to figure that out and, and work through things and um, own up to things and forgive each other. And, and that's kind of what I, I started thinking about is that mercy is not one giant. I mean, sometimes it's like some giant one-time act mm-hmm. that you make a movie about. But most of the time, mercy is a thousand small surrenders that you mm-hmm. don't need to be right. You don't need to get things your own way. You can uh, let something go and not let it fester. And you can, um, all, all these little things where we just, die to ourselves a tiny bit in service of the other um that that's really i think what mercy is um and so when i thought about that this song just poured out and it came out pretty much the way that like lyrically it's it's exactly the way that i wrote yeah. it um i had just seen a a video of thad cockrell who was playing some new songs which i don't think have even come out yet he was playing some new song and i I heard like just a tiny bit of it, but I saw it. And it was honestly the, like the visual of him just sitting down playing guitar. And it was just a song in G and C. And I was like, man, I never do that. Like I always try to make stuff so fancy to like show off that I can play these chords or what. I don't know why, but like I just make things complicated, even in my songwriting. And like, so the goal was like, just man, right? Just, you know, that video of that. It just looked like he's playing three chords. You know it was good because he's a freaking genius. And so try to just don't overthink it. Just a couple chords, you know? And so the song is oh, G, C, and D and E minor, you know? And it's done. It's not fancy. Um, I relate to that so much. It's crazy. <laughs> and so the, the, order, the order of the sections is different now than it was the morning I played it. But um, and I think I, I, I changed the melody a good bit. So I played it that morning and it was fine and it you know it, it accomplished its purpose and i was like yeah that's a that's a good song and then i just sort of forgot about it because what was i going to do with it you know i was done making records and then when all of a sudden i found myself making a record again i was like dusted that one off and then so that predates the rest of the painted desert yeah the rest of the record was then written really probably started being written in july of 2017 when i sat on my friend paul's couch and started writing I didn't have a studio or anything. I didn't have anywhere to go. So I went to Paul's house. He was gone. And I just probably wrote three or four songs a day for a couple days. Probably half the record came out of that, those couple days. So the recording of this one, I recorded it with acoustic guitar and it was real busy. And then I changed up the melody a number of times because I was trying to find it. I tried to remember this thing McCartney had said once that he tries to write songs in circles, like the melodies, so like, Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. And you can kind of almost draw that melody with your finger, you know, like. Oh man, it's almost a circle. It's it's up and up and down, back and that forth. Is excellent advice, you know. And <laughs> and there's something about that. It's like, oh yeah, melodies, man. And um, so eventually, I found the shape of that melody. The I used to tell myself that I'm an old and. It's not a, like a huge lilt, but it was. I gave it a shape, you know. Yeah. And um, I was singing it kind of heavy, 
and it was real heavy on the guitar, just finger picky and full. And it's funny because now I'm playing it live, finger picking it on acoustic guitar, but there's a real lilt to it. I play it really lightly. Yeah. But I think I was just kind of, it felt heavy. So I was playing it real heavy and singing real heavy. And I was like, and I thought that the song was bad because it was so unlistenable what I was recording. Oh. And I don't have any of that to play for you because it was, it just never. It's unlistenable. It just, I mean, it we just, can't it, listen to it. It's not unlistenable. It's not good. <laughs> you know, I just yeah. knew it was like, this is not, I'm not inspired by this at all. Yeah. And eventually I just kept, eventually I muted the acoustic guitar and started playing piano and just played the chords and just G, C, G. And all of a sudden mm. there was room to sing. Man, and then yeah. the shape of a melody actually had a place to live, you know? Producing, self-producing is like is 90% just like self-hatred and then 10% like, okay, I guess that's all right. Oh no. Like it's because you, you have to be your own critic. But I found some piano sounds that I kind of liked and it's a sample of a felt piano. So like, like a piano with like the felt covering where the hammers would meet, would hit the strings. So it's instead of a ding, it's a boom. Yeah. And then I was able to kill all the attack on it. So it was just almost the, yeah. and then I ran that through a bunch of pitch shifters and reverb. Okay. So it was just, <laughs> so anyway, so that's being triggered off the rest of the piano, you know, you should have just made those noises with your mouth while you played the piano. <laughs> I think that would record. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it kind of found its its way. All of a sudden, when I muted the acoustics and brought in that piano, like I felt like there was life to it. Mm. And then the acoustic, I muted the acoustics through the whole thing, and then eventually brought them back in the choruses. Yeah. Um, and then I started singing it almost like falsetto. I tried to sing it as quiet as I could, which was really fun. All of a sudden, I was loving it. It was really fun to sing that way. So it's really like it's as little air as I could possibly get out. And then my wife, Allison, and Russ Ramsey... I uh, got them to sing the you yeah uh, that little part because they were the two people that kind of inspired the song so yeah she's on the left I think and he's on the right yeah uh, in the courses I love like watching the pattern just of you telling the whole story of writing it at first and then recording it of making space you decided to just play chords like G C E minor and then you were like learning how to play it and then uh, I need to play less <laughs> and like every it feels like with the story, story of my life just like every step play of the less. way <laughs> I need to take a step aside like over and over again and I mean that's not easy to do but then you get this like fantastic song oh man thank you comes together and is really like emotionally potent oh man um, that's very kind so it's kind of like the the arc that I'm like hearing as you're saying all that, I'm like, man, you're just making space over and over again. You know? Yeah, it's like I mean, I think that's what a lot of what we do as writers or as creators is like you, it's like you have to put a bunch of you have to put a bunch of stuff out there, yeah. and then you can go, all right, is any of that good? Right. But if you just want to wait to put the, the good thing out, you'll never get it out. Yeah. Because you have to just kind of get a bunch of stuff out to see, and then you've got to be willing to erase everything that's not great. Right. You know, which just takes learning and not like i'm great at it but like time helps and you know and just that that question of am i am i really really interested in every second of this if there's a second of this that i'm not interested in then why not right you know and um when the question is what can i take away before what can i add Mm -hmm. that's helpful 
But the, th- the other thing that is added that's really fun, I was able to bring into a couple songs on this record because I really wanted to make all the music and all the uh, the vocals, I wanted to do it all on my own. I felt like that was important just for me as a person. But then once I had that, because community was such a big part of even that year that was so hard, like, and because my friends are really good at music, then I started inviting people to come in and sing on it. So a bunch of different friends came and sang. Um, but then I also, I have all these friends who are great producers and I wanted their stamp on it. And so um, I sent just MP3s of the songs to a couple different friends and just said, hey, would you put one thing on here? Yeah. And just send me back that one thing, whatever it is. I promise to use it. I don't promise to use it the way you sent it, but I promise to use it. <laughs> and uh, so some friends sent me little pieces of different things back, which were all so cool. And um, and I sent it to Case and Cooley, and he added this uh, sort of second piano part in the second chorus and like a drum thing. Because I didn't have any drums in it at all. That's all Kaysen. And I don't know what he did. Like, I sent it to him, and a day later he sent me a Dropbox of, like, this file of a piano and a drum thing. I was like, oh, that's so good, dude! And it just moves it, you know? It just lifts that one little section and lets it fall into the bridge. I want to share one observation I had and see what you think. I thought it was really cool how the lyrically, and I think this is reflected musically a little bit, um, like the first... I guess the first verse, and there's kind of a pre-chorus too, right? Like it, it like it's like an A and B section of the verse, yeah, yeah. So like those first two stanzas feel like they're both in the same place. Like before you get to you wrap your arms around me, yeah, you end up saying we can both agree to keep our sides of town, um, and so that's this sort of resigning of like sort of a closedness of like I can just be over here and you be like yeah, you know, it's. I don't want to cause you more trouble and, and all this. And then the way that there's this space there, you you left like two bars or something of just that last chord ringing out. And then the chorus comes and it feels like an invasion of mercy, you know, mm. which I feel like is really true to what you're singing. Oh, man. And the rest of the song just opens up. And it's like you took this character, this narrator at the very beginning that was like, eh, like, I, like this is what I think of myself and I'm just going to like stay here so that I don't hurt anyone else. And then you just like poke a hole in that, Mm. like that wall. And then it just like floods out and then all this feeling and emotion. And it's like, and it's wonderful. It's so good from there on (laughs) out. man, it's It's so kind. But, but uh, I love the way that musically it changes there. Um, so that the chorus has this, like it does feel like it's wrapping its arms around you, you know, like the, the mm. way that it's kind of arpeggiated, the things you're doing. And um, yeah, so I, like to me, when I was listening, that was my impression of it was it's starting in that closed off space and then that being invaded and then watching the relationship that just inevitably happens Of a man who slips away 
Before we continue, a special word of thanks to our sponsor, Lipscomb University. Lipscomb is a nationally ranked research university located in Nashville. They are an intentionally courageous and gracious Christian community. At Lipscomb, you engage top quality academics integrated with faithful spiritual direction, preparing you for your life's work. Learn more at lipscomb.edu. And now, back to our podcast. You're talking about the way you layered the piano. It's yeah. really cool with like the the less of the attack and more of the sort of thud and I then the, yeah, yeah. A pad or something. I think like? the, I don't know what Evan has. I think there's three pianos. I think there's like the that pad thing is throughout the whole thing is like yeah. that's the same part. Technically it's just messed up so much it doesn't sound like the same part. Right. And then there's like a piano sound and then there's like a Rhodes Oh. Like electric. They're all kind of together. I yeah. So that's like the pitch shifted reverb piano. That thing right there. So you took what you were playing. That's derived from the piano part itself. Just it the is chords. the piano part. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's the same part, just, just messed up a lot. Yeah. That's really cool. There's like a delay going on, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, there's a little tiny delay in there. Yeah. On the electric piano, but not the main piano. Yeah. And then the pad. Yeah, the pad. So to get the... Can you just solo up the pad, that thing? To get it to do that, um, so that the attack didn't ring out. Like, if you held a note, it uh, it would get real feedbacky and nasty so you just hit the note as fast as you can a million times oh. so you're just going and then you want to change notes you go and you just sort of play it like that wow and then it but it feeds into all that reverb and delay and you don't hear any of that attack it smooths out the attack it's yeah. not there anymore that sound is all over the record in different like different tones of it but that approach um, I mean it sounds like it's sort of the voice of the record, like the thread. Yeah, it sounds like that, that to me is the desert. Yeah. <laughs> Just like vast. Just va- and sort of shifting and yeah. And it was fun mm. to try to make as many colors of that as I could. That's really cool. I love talking about that. So that's mine. Just this arpeggio. That's Kaysen's. Can you solo Kaysen's? 
I mean, how great is that? It's this lovely arpeggio on the top. And those two arpeggios together are just so boom, pretty. Boom. Uh, yeah, so yours is... I guess yours is like eighth notes and his is sixteenth or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Boom, 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 Oh man, it gives like a, that yeah. track explodes, doesn't That's it? That's not what I expected. That's fascinating. I think because when I hear the whole thing, I just assume that the drums I'm hearing have this deep resonance underneath yeah. them. That's like the pianos are so. But it's the big piano is really what's sticking up that yeah. bottom in space. And the drums are just this like, like yeah. mid range. Maybe we saw like we saw the background vocals right here. I just love making stuff like that. It's just so fun, right? Just, yeah. So that's Allison and Russ. Hmm. Is it with my name? Show me mercy and mercy leads me home again. This episode was recorded by Evan Redwine. For more episodes of The Second Muse and for more great podcasts, visit rabbitroom.com slash podcasts. And I like to think I learned from my mistakes But when I smell the breeze of freedom, rest, and peace I race back to my irons and my chains And if I love you, I hope I show you In these years of doubt, I hope I'm something real And if you hurt me, well friend then hurt me Ain't we been hurt enough to just say how we feel